everyone, it is Stephanie Postles, the host of Up Next in Commerce. Before we get into our latest interview with another e-commerce leader, I wanted to let you know that the Up Next in Commerce podcast is now available for sponsorship for the first time ever. By partnering with us, your company will be connected to interviews with the most compelling founders, CEOs, VPs, and digital leaders in the world of commerce today. You have nothing to gain but thousands of followers and millions of impressions each and every month. Reach out to me at stephanie at mission.org to see how your business can benefit from partnering with our team at Up Next in Commerce. Welcome to Up Next in Commerce, the show that takes you to the front lines of what's happening in digital, retail, and beyond, with conversations from fast-growing startups to the Fortune 500 and everything in between. You'll get a glimpse into what's next. I'm your host, Stephanie Postles, the co-founder and CEO of mission.org, and I'll be your guide through all the trends, innovations, and hot topics in the world of commerce. Fatma Collins and Julie Rogers met while they were both pregnant with their first children. When they found they were both struggling to find products and resources they needed based on their kids' ages, they decided to do something about it. They started a company called Ten Little, which was based on one main conviction, that parenting is hard, but shopping for your child shouldn't be. So how did they create a platform that simplified the buying experience for parents everywhere? Find out on today's episode. What are business leaders thinking about when they aren't winning at business? Family, travel, the latest TV show? Yes, yes, and maybe. But how about quirky business opportunities or little discussed financial trends or maybe even plant medicine benefits and alternative wellness? Mission Daily is back, baby, and our flagship podcast is better than ever. Mission Daily is the podcast for the business builder, the thoughtful marketer, the team manager, the blue-collar worker looking for new ways to think about life, finances, and health. This is for the people who want to break the status quo and laugh a little or a lot along the way. Join me, Stephanie Postles, and my co-host, Albert Chow, as we address the subjects, thoughts, and trends that business leaders think about but don't often talk about. Tune into Mission Daily wherever you listen to your podcasts. See you there. Fatma, Julie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having us, Stephanie. Yeah, I'm excited to have you too. So I would love to hear the story of how you all know each other. Before we dive into 10 Little and hear about the company that you're building, I'd love to hear you know, how you all met and yeah, decided to even start a company together. Yeah, we actually were working at the same company when we met at Jet.com, which was then acquired by Walmart. And we met because we were the only two pregnant women at the company at the time. So that's how we met. Um, and, you know, our daughters were born a few days apart. That's awesome. And what company was it that you both were at? At Jet.com. Okay. Julie, what's the funniest story of meeting Fatma from your guys' relationship? Like, what's something that stands out about your guys' relationship? <laughs> um, I have to say that the moment where we actually met, well, I think I had seen her in passing a few times, like noticed she was pregnant. Like she said, we were the only two people at the time. The actual moment we met was when they announced the day that Jet got acquired by Walmart.com. And I was just like concerned about how this would affect our team. 
maternity leave benefits. And so we were all in this like huge auditorium that they rented. And I was like, well, I have to find this pregnant girl who I've been seeing around. So I was the first one out, ran down the stairs and then just like waited at the exit and watched each person go by until I finally like grabbed her. And I was like, hi, (laughs) and that was kind of how we met. That's great. It's so funny how, I mean, I've been pregnant twice now too. And it's funny when you like find the other people, we were like, come to me, come on. We've got things to talk about here. I love that. You both have a background in the world of e-commerce. And I'd love to kind of touch on that thought, maybe starting with you of like what a bit about your background. Yeah, I pretty much all my career, I've been building products for e-commerce and marketplaces. Before starting 10 Little, I was VP of product at Artsy, which is the largest fine art platform. I oversaw product design and data teams there and launched Artsy's first end-to-end transactional marketplace and the largest art discovery app while I was there. Before Artsy, I was at Jet.com and Walmart. Joined Jet while we were in stealth mode to uh, lead the partner side of product. Was there through our launch and acquisition by Walmart, which is one of the biggest e-commerce acquisitions to date. And that was a great journey. And before that, I was at Rakuten, which is known as the Amazon of Japan, but you know, they have an international presence and have expanded by acquiring different companies in every country. I won't go further back, but really just have been building products for marketplaces pretty much my, you know, entire professional life. Yeah. Yeah, that that's great. We had um the CMO of Artsy on our other show called Marketing Trends. Awesome. And I was like the first time I heard about it, I was like, whoa, this is a very interesting concept. And it actually got me interested in even checking out fine art, which I had never even, you know, thought about prior to that interview. Very cool background. Julie, what about you? Tell me a bit about your background. Yeah, my um experience is e-commerce and mostly operations focused. So where I met them was at jet.com. I was there to launch their fresh grocery business, which was first domestic and then local, and then ended up moving on to the schedule delivery and sortation and things like that nature with Walmart.com and Jet.com. And prior to that, I worked at EOS products, the egg-shaped lip balm, and helped launch that product and scale it to the number on lip balm in America at one point. So really operations and product, consumer product focused. Yeah. So you guys are the two perfect co-founders to come together and build your own company. Good segue. If you could please tell me a bit about 10 Little, what was the founding story? You know, what is it and why did you decide to build this company? Yeah. I mean, as you know, it really started from basically when we met, right? When we were pregnant to our first kids, we you know, we found ourselves doing a lot of research, trying to figure out, okay, like, how do we prepare? What are the best products we need? What's best in each category? And you're asking a lot of other moms, looking at lists, reading blogs. And then, you know, you put all this effort. And then like our daughters arrived. And like two months later, we are asking each other, like, oh, are we doing this right? When do we switch from this cup to that cup? When do we size up? And you know, every few months, they, they, they're growing and they're changing and their needs are changing. And what was shocking is that when I looked at my inbox, you know, at the time, all the emails were like, we now launched a flower collection and new in. And I'm like, that's not why I'm shopping for my kid. It's because she's growing. She needs new things, the next size, the next stage. And that really is what got us to start 10 Little is that, you know, Parenting is overwhelming. It doesn't come with a handbook. We are not claiming we are writing a handbook for them, but you know, we wanted to make it easy on parents using both technology and experts to provide guidance to parents on 
exactly what they need at each size and stage, and then also guide them throughout their children's growth. Got it. And so when I was looking on 10 Little's website, I mean, you could definitely tell it's this platform, it's helping guide, you know, buying decisions and maybe what you might need depending on like, you know, the age that the kid is at. Are you all also creating the products or are you sourcing products and just showcasing the best ones that are, you know, required, not required, but like suggested for that age group? Well, we started with our own single product, which was a shoe. And we picked that for a couple reasons. We thought that there was room for innovation in that category for sure. That like there were health benefits to children's feet that were not being met by just like mini me version of adult shoes. So we worked with pediatricians and podiatrists to design a shoe and gain the trust of our customer. And the growth at which children's feet grow is actually extremely predictable. So that was a way that we can get our customers into our algorithm. So we would send them, we would predict when they were going to size out of their shoe, send them a text message reminder, give them ways to validate, and then reorder from us in the next size. That was really our showcase item to get people onto our platform. Since then, we've expanded into best-in-class other partner brands. So if we think that there's a need for guidance or curation in a category, we will bring it onto our website and help parents through their child's journey as they're growing developmentally and in size to guide them to the right products. That's great. So did you know from the start you wanted to build a platform? Because to me, it's, I mean, these are like two separate things that you could just build separate companies for. If you wanted, you could have a whole platform, you know, suggesting products and helping new parents. You could have a whole kids, you know, clothing and shoe company, and you all decided to do both. Like, how did you know that it was right to move forward with both of these? Or did you do one first before the other? We have actually meant to build a multi-category, multi-brand platform from the beginning. But as a small business, we, you know, it wasn't easy to necessarily launch multiple categories and multiple brands at once. And when we actually decided, okay, we will start with shoes because it's painful to buy shoes online. We didn't actually meant to create our own shoes, but our ethos has always been, we want to make sure that we bring the best products to parents, right? What is healthy for their child's mind and body development, non-toxic, sustainable. And when we look at the market to curate the right brands for shoes, we actually struggled because many of the shoes out there were just mini me version of adult shoes, which were not good for a child's development and movement. So Really, the lack of options there led us to create our own product. So that's that's how it happened. So in general, our always first priority is to partner with mission-aligned brands. But you know, if we do see that there aren't good options for parents in a certain category or in a certain you know area, we we will we will you know come and innovate on that area. But um, yeah, so it was really born out of need, not that we started by creating shoes and then expanded. Yeah, shoes is such a good first decision too. I mean, I think about shopping for shoes, I mean, more recently for my twins who are now two, but at the time, I mean, and I already had had one before them. So I should have known, but it got to them and I completely, it's like, well, what do you buy? You've got the, these little baby booties that don't have any support. Then you've got these Strider brands that everyone says is good, but that is like an adult shoe. There was no one really helping guide me on like what is actually good for a one-year-old who's just maybe starting to walk. So that's a really great starting point. What did the early development look like for that product? I mean, like what, what did it look like behind the scenes trying to get that off the ground? 
So we actually partnered with our medical advisor. So we, you know, when we launched, we launched with, we had a podiatrist and a pediatrician advisor. So we really kind of focused on, okay, what are the things a child needs through different stages when it comes to shoes? And then we had our kids and we had mom friends. So we also thought, okay, what are the things parents and kids needs, right? You want it to be durable, breathable, you want it to look good, but you also want to make sure that they can last a day of playground. So I think just kind of combining what's best for kids as well as, you know, from a, from a medical perspective, but also from a daily life perspective is where we started. And we used our daughters to test the shoes. Like in the beginning, we went through so many iterations and then we reeled in family, friends, neighbors to test on different feet. And we really like tested the fit of the shoes, which is the number one thing on hundreds of people through just friends and family on different ages, different shape of feet, different issues that they're facing. So that's really how it started. A lot of hustling to test shoes and going into people's homes. I love that. Were there any lessons that you maybe brought into your current company that you learned from prior companies when you were thinking about, oh, how do I build a platform or get you know customers on the platform or developing a product? I mean, what were some of those transferable bits of knowledge that you took into 10 Little? I think one of the the things that, you know, also led us to our decision about shoes is it kind of set up the behavior we were looking for. So while it's not subscription, it is a recurring purchase, right? So your child who's a one-year-old and maybe a size four is going to be a four and a half in two to three months and then keep growing at a certain set pace. So I think we kind of understood that in order for this to work, we really need to get those repeat purchases in and get the customers back to visiting our platform you know, multiple times throughout the year. And that was kind of the nice part about this growth curve of kids' feet. Yeah, I think we also, you know, watched the landscape change a lot. So when we started 10 Little versus the 10 to 15 years we worked in e-commerce and marketplaces, it changed a lot, right? When we started, there was like kind of, it was a very new era of, in a way of e-commerce and marketplaces. And things worked by just bringing on buyers and sellers together and kind of let the network effects take place. But that didn't work, you know? So like there were things we couldn't necessarily just take because it wasn't just bringing something you can buy offline, online, and it worked, right? You know, we launched this on the onset of the pandemic. And, you know, today you can buy everything online from fine art uh, to toilet paper. And now... Just because you can bring sellers or as many products as you want doesn't mean that like that's going to benefit the customers. Like a place like Amazon today, it's, it has almost negative network effects because you just search a product. There are tens of thousands of options, many of them from brands that you don't recognize. You don't know what you're getting. So I think like one thing we we took in a way is that we saw that landscape shift and we understood that like if we wanted to make this a successful business, the approach we would take is not necessarily the approaches we we have experienced because the landscape has shifted. Got it. So a much more curated approach, less products, more focus. I love that. That's you know definitely a theme that I've been hearing from a lot of guests who've come on this show. Same kind of thing. Like how do you become a source where people go there and they know what they're going to get? They know how high the quality is, what the standards are, who's kind of approving these products. So that definitely seems like a big trend that's happening. 
How did you find your customer base in the beginning? I mean, you've got this awesome platform. I mean, shoes was a great way to get people in, but how did you not only keep those first customers in, but also find those first customers in the first place? So it's really interesting because we, you know, when we were preparing for our launch, we came up with this kind of launch strategy. And it's it was very very much offline. We we wanted to get the you know we launched in New York. Our team it was just me and my co-founder of the team at the time, and we wanted to we wanted to kind of start with, with a local approach. And we we were from the beginning partners with Souls for Souls, which is a nonprofit organization that kind of um, donates gently worn shoes to people in need, as well as small businesses that refurbish them. And we we partnered with them. We organized the really large um, shoe donation drive. Um, we partnered with daycares like Bright Horizons, local kids stores, and Souls for Souls, where we put 10 little donation bins, as well as fit finders where, you know, you can drop off the old shoes, get a fit finder, find your child size. And literally a few days later, everything shut down. So we did, in a way, get our first customers that way, but, you know, that we couldn't really continue that. It has been, I think, just we, in the beginning, you know, friends, family, press helped. And then I think a lot of just local, like word of mouth, you know, friends and family who tried it, liked it, told other friends. And then like, we have seen a lot of actually, you know, like now, if you go to a park in New York, a playground, you will see a bunch of 10 little shoes because I think parents recommend things to parents, right? And so we, I think that happened naturally. But it was definitely challenging because the things we planned, they were all irrelevant, basically, because everything shut down. Yeah. How did, I mean, were you able to quickly pivot when everything shut down? Like, did you kind of know, like, okay, now here's what we need to do? Or was there a time period of like, oh, what do we actually do? There was. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, a, a little bit, not a little bit, a lot of uncertainty, right? Like the economy went through a lot, especially in March. Our investors were telling us a lot of different things about just making sure you're extending your runway and not deploying too much cash. And we don't know what the market's going to look like. And so we had launched, we've gotten this core customer base. We had real true product market fit. And I think at that point, we really leaned into customer service at that point. The option of buying shoes in store disappeared for almost all parents. And if you're going to order from one of the major online retailers, it's not a very personal experience. We wanted to make sure to give the exact opposite of that. So like we quickly launched a printable fit finder, right? So Fatma mentioned these like big things we have where you can put your child's foot on oh, and see exactly what 10 little size they are. So good. I was just going to say, I needed that. I never know what size to get my kid. I'm like, can I just put their foot up on the screen, the monitor, and you just tell me or a fit finder. Also, I need that. Yes. So we had these, you know, printable ones that we were going to distribute through different channels locally or through um, mail and stuff like that. We quickly launched a printable one that we made a coloring activity book because, you know, everyone at that stage was looking for activities to keep your kids busy at home and then try to, we still answer every single customer service ticket of pictures of kids' feet standing on our fifth finder, the toe hits this line. Am I right with this size? And like, really just had answered all of parents' questions regarding um, the decisions they were making around their purchase at 10 Little. And I think that was gave us a little bit of an opportunity to stand out for people who may have 
thought that the process would be too difficult online now didn't have a choice anymore. And we really tried to just make sure that it still was that personal experience and that they were getting like true guidance on their child's fit. Yeah. I mean, that seems like kind of a blessing in disguise because this is the one market that I would say moms actually want to talk to someone right away. They have more questions than probably any other customer. And the questions pop up very randomly where you're like, you always want someone to be able to ask, like, is this right? Or how how do I think about it when I'm buying something? So it does seem like ended up being slightly a good thing having to pivot that quickly because, you know, that is the way of the future now. And now it seems pretty normal to be like, yeah, this should be a good experience buying shoes or groceries or whatever I'm doing online. So tell me about some of the products you're most excited about. You know, is there anything upcoming that you guys are building or working on or maybe a yeah, a new area that you're thinking about getting into? I mean, you know, you mentioned, you know, as moms, we have all these random questions pop up. We want to ask someone, we want to, we want to feel confident about our answers. And we are actually this week launching Learn and Connect, uh, which is a safe, no judgment space for all things parenting. We have a section where, you know, we have organized it around key parenting topics, right? Sleep, potty training, feeding, et cetera. And you can find answers uh, to all the top questions around those topics, uh, all vetted and answered by experts. We also have a kind of community section where you can connect with other parents as well as experts to ask your questions. So, you know, it's like, I remember personally when my daughter was, for example, going through a sleep regression, I'm up in the middle of the night, 3 a.m. Googling this, like hoping yeah. someone else went SOS through the sleep regression. And you're like, there are a bunch of random blogs and yeah. you scroll through ads and then you end up in a like really old school forum. And it's like all these acronyms, my BB. And I'm like, what is going on? Right. So our goal is to be really easily digestible, expert vetted answers to your questions, as well as ability to connect with parents in topic-specific spaces. Because right now, if you go to like your local Facebook parent group, which some of are very great, like it's great for finding friends, arranging play dates, knowing what's going on in your neighborhood. If you have a specific question about potty training, it's not necessarily the best place. It's very noisy. And so we have these spaces specific for each topic where we have experts on each topic as well as real parents you can connect with. So we're very excited about that. Hey there, are you enjoying the show so far? Well, imagine your company's advertising placed right in this very spot during a future interview with another elite e-commerce mind. Imagine your messaging and logo directly connected to the industry's most prominent innovators and thought leaders, distributed across every major podcast platform and social network. Yeah, well, it's time to stop imagining. Learn how you can partner with Upnext in Commerce and sponsor this very show. Reach out to me at stephanie at mission.org and let's have a conversation. That was actually something I was going to ask about the educational piece because most new moms are relying on Facebook groups or they're still following like the Bump app, which is so generic and not even that helpful, but it's like the one that you started with during pregnancy and maybe you just like kept with it until it got to a point where it's like, this isn't helpful anymore. But yeah, I mean, that seems like a great way also to fuel your entire company, like you've got the experts on there. Of course, maybe they're probably going to be sometimes recommending your products, I would guess. I mean, if they are the best products, why not? Or how are you all thinking about kind of connecting them all? We actually did not ask our experts to necessarily recommend products in the questions, etc. And we, 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 we are currently running a beta version where we have invited some customers 
And honestly, we haven't seen that happen because it's not something we put it as a framework or anything. So if it naturally happens, it's okay. But like we have had our experts actually recommend some books to a parent who wanted to, you know, understand like how to explain loss to a child, right? And we don't carry books right now and that's okay. So I think our goal is like whatever helps parents in the best way, like we are okay with it. This is not a marketing blog or anything for us. Like we're almost treating as a separate thing. It's just one more way for us to be able to help parents. Yeah, that's great. I would love to hear one thing. If you could go back and do something different, maybe one hiccup with building 10 Little or whatever it might be, what would you go back and change or maybe kind of redo if you were to start a whole new company, a platform company with products? I think to trust ourselves. There aren't very many female entrepreneurs, let alone entrepreneurs who are moms doing something for moms. So you're always reading these articles of like how, in a way, very aggressive, like I'm going to disrupt this industry. I have raised $200 million and it, it can be intimidating, right? As an entrepreneur who is really like focused on solving a problem that we are facing personally. So you you question yourselves a lot, right? During the process of building a company because there's all this perfect entrepreneur image who wakes up at 4 a.m., takes a cold shower, meditates and does all their work. And I'm like, I wake up with my daughter screaming, mommy, I do my best, you know, like, and then during the pandemic, this all got even more difficult. So I think if I could go back, like I would tell myself it's okay. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I would say. I like that. Yeah, that's, uh, I feel very similar when I wake up. It's like, okay, my three boys, they want breakfast and that's what I'm hearing. And it's just like that chaos until, you know, they're going to school and grandparents, like until I actually have help, which takes a little while, not much is able to get done in that early morning time period. And it's always interesting reading posts, you know, from certain entrepreneurs who are like, you have to have this kind of morning routine. I'm like, there's no such thing as a morning routine when you're a mom with little children. Like you just make it through. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Julie, what about you? Yeah, I think to build on what Fatma said, I I think back to the early days of 2020 and like some of the advice we were getting from people about just how we should run our business. Like, I actually don't think we leaned in on our product expansion as much as we should have during our first six months. And then like we really did after that, but we were really just like to Fatma said, maybe not trusting ourselves or taking advice from other people of like, no, slow down, make sure you're not doing that. And like, I think we really not slowed down, but slowed down our development a lot during the beginning of the pandemic, just because we were trying to, we had just launched our business in February 20th. We were trying to get our feet on the ground, but we truly had product market fit from the beginning. And then I remember very end of the year, we're scrambling to launch high tops because that's what our customers wanted or furry ones. And like, I just felt like we should have just leaned in from the beginning or continued, you know, on keeping no momentum on launching new products because obviously our customers were there and they were coming back and we should have just continued um, straight through during that period. Yeah. Oh, that's great. I love that. So how many products do you have today and how many are yours versus how many are you sourcing from other companies with a similar mission? Um, We have several hundred, but we have a couple of key categories. Like we have wear, which is the majority hours. So we cover all sorts of shoes from sandals to baby booties, rain boots, sneakers, Mary Jane's. We launch a backpack, lunchbox, 
And then we have a couple other brands in those categories, hats, a partnership on sunglasses, um, a few other things. And then we've moved into building toys, puzzles, arts and crafts, outdoor, and just started with some gear with some bikes, scooters, helmets. And then we have a couple coming up in this fall. So wow. now that we have like the ball rolling, like we can expand category quite quickly. And it's just been really exciting. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. I saw the balance bikes, super cute. And I think there's a regular bike on there too, but yep. all the things that are hardest to buy for children, backpacks, same thing. I remember ordering like three different backpacks off Amazon for when my oldest was going to school at like age three. And they were all just like huge, like kids, but they were just like taking up his entire body. And so we try to be extremely mindful when we launch products. Like even if, if it's not our brand and their guidance, we feel like it's not enough as parents to buy it. Like we've done our own independent research or had images drawn on how to measure a child's Mm -hmm. kid to understand the fit, you know, shopping online, you can't touch and feel the product. Right. So we try to go above and beyond if it's not clear to us, if it's not clear to someone at the office, on like what size you should be buying. We've had images drawn on how to measure their head or how to understand what iframe or what size bike. So like we really do try to take all of the guesswork out of it. Yeah. How do you think about from like a privacy perspective? Because you think about the best way to share products these days is usually like user generated content. That's the best way to look at someone and be like, oh yeah, she kind of looks like me. Like I'm that tall. That'll probably fit me or maybe it won't. But with kids, it seems like such a tricky area where I'm like, I don't know if I would upload pictures of my kids probably not, or I put a smiley face over them. But like, how do you all think about using that in a way that parents feel comfortable with, but also it could help a lot of parents if they actually, you know, can see like, oh, that's looks pretty similar to my kid's body, height, head, whatever it may be. If, for example, you look at, you mentioned backpacks, our backpacks, we have actually through some of some friends, neighbors, etc. we kind of try to, when we are photographing them, get uh, kids different ages, heights and shapes. So you can kind of see what the backpack looks like. If we say it is good for from this height to this height, we kind of also show you what the backpack looks like in those heights. So we try to do that one internally. But we also have a lot of parents who love sharing um, their, you know, kids in 10 Little or our our partner brands, brands products. Because, yes, I think we all as parents both have concerns of privacy, but sometimes it's also like we want to celebrate and share, right? Like these little moments. So we have kids at a wedding or graduating pre-K. We get a lot of actually photos from our customers, both on social media, in our reviews. So we haven't actually seen it as an issue so far. Mm -hmm. We do get a lot of content from our families and you know, we're not attaching it with the first or last name or anything like that. But people are really actually enjoy submitting photos. You know, most people are really excited about it. Cool. Okay. Last question I want to ask and Fatma, I'll start with you and then we can go to Julie. What trend or piece of technology are you watching right now that you're most excited about in the commerce space? It's interesting because it's like, I'm not going to totally answer your question because I think I don't always get excited about the trend. Like the way I think about it is, so there is right, obviously Web3, AR, VR, kind of in combination of those right now that are very, you know, very much in the news. And I remember, for example, when we first started 10 Little and launched with the shoe category, one question I always got, why not build an AR app where, you know, it scans your child's foot and you recommend a size? 
So I think I always think about the fact that like, I don't think technology is a solution. It can be an enabler. And what I like to think about as someone who comes from product is, is this the best enabler? Is this the best way to solve this problem? And in the, for example, the shoe size case, it was not. So like if we had an, first of all, to make the AR work, you need an app. So now a parent has to download an app just to figure out their child's size. They have to actually snap a picture, both from the front and the back, while the child is standing still, which will never happen. And like you have to put a credit card in some instances to have it that even then, like even if you do everything perfectly, there will be millimetric uh, differences. And in an adult foot, that might not matter. But in a child's foot, literally four or five millimeters make a half size difference. And it half size is a big difference for a child because it's a large proportion of your foot, right? Like their feet are so small. So if you make a small error, it actually means a lot. So I think that's kind of how I think about it is not like if the technology that is trending is a great solution to the problems our customers are facing, I'm all for it. But that's like the first question I try to answer. Yeah. I mean, I think that's good. You see a lot of companies throwing all the new trends at their company instead of seeing like, does this fit? So yeah, I mean, the shoe example is a great one because it's like actually a printout works way better and much easier. Uh, but then I could see, I was going to ask the AR question too, around like scanning the kids for like outfits, maybe maybe that's more helpful if you can instantly like check them out and be like, oh yeah, based off their body type. I mean, I think about my twins right now, they're a little over two and a half and they still do not fit in 2T. I'm like, whose 2T is this for? I mean, every one I get it, they're still too big. And same with my four-year-old. He does not fit in 4T, maybe 3T. Same with my daughter. Mm. We don't carry clothing right now, but that is potentially an option when we do. All right. Well, Julie, what about you? What are you most excited about? It can be trends. It can be technology. It can be life if you want. I think as a brand, we're trying to experiment more with bolder brand awareness campaigns, either on TikTok or other places, just I think it's a really great way to get people familiar with your brand and got your products in front of a lot of eyes. Cool. Yeah, that's definitely something we've been hearing from a lot of people that TikTok can can work if done well and invested properly in. Very exciting. Um, yeah, it's awesome hearing about what you guys are up to at 10 Little. I'll definitely be following along as a fellow parent and just seeing what you all are up to. Fatma, Julie, thank you all yeah, for joining the show. And where can people learn more about 10 Little and see what you guys are up to? Well, thank you so much for having us. They can you know, go to 10little.com. We also have um, our at 10 Little Kids, our Instagram account. So yeah. Sounds great. All right. Thank you both. listeners. Thanks for tuning into this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It helps spread the word and I would greatly appreciate it. See you next time. Thank you for checking out another epic hour of business insights and inspiration on the Up Next in Commerce podcast. If you like what you've heard and you're interested in partnering with us to bring your brand to a growing audience of e-commerce experts, reach out to me at stephanie at mission.org to get the conversation started.